Greetings, patrons, and welcome to the patron special for October 2017. This month, as promised, we are talking about the Aliens franchise? Is that what it's called? Well, we're not talking about the Aliens franchise, because as a franchise, it has been crap for about 20 years, but... um alien so series I, I i in my mind there are two and a half alien movies and then the rest is just you know toy commercials what's the half alien 3 has an okay ha, alien 3 has a lot of troubled production stuff that prevents it from being a good movie it should have been a better movie than it is but yes i, I richard did watch alien 3 i did not i have actually never seen alien 3 i'm not um, sure I... if i have seen alien 3 too i was in the room last night with it going playing and i have been in the room with it playing several times but so that that's something that we will talk <laughs> about but uh because i had a similar experience watching the first two um really? but i i did do some research into alien 3 and one of the things that i thought was uh, astounding uh, was apparently they they did not have a script yeah. while they were shooting some of it, which I don't even understand how that's possible. Yeah, it's so well. Yeah, I guess we'll talk into the production of what I know, but it it's one of those movies that had forty five different scripts, really, and they just didn't have. And some of the sets were used in earlier drafts that were not in the new thing, so. It's ca- it- so basically, the Alien series has had a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, well, you you wanted to talk about this, and so why don't you tell them why you wanted to talk about the Alien series? Because well, yeah, well, this was inspired by the Voyager episode Macrocosm, which is very much uh, a homage to the series. It is uh, Jane. I believe that's pronounced homage. homage. Um, it's a ho- it's a homage to the series where. Um, you know, Janeway is fighting this weird creature. There's body horror stuff over. It's on the ship. Um, done much more optimistically than the series is. And I realized in general, the alien universe is kind of the exact opposite of the Star Trek universe. In Star Trek, you have this really, uh, the Federation is a socialist utopia in a lot of ways. And while shows like Deep Space Nine have poked holes in you know, maybe this wouldn't work quite as well as we would hope it to. For the most part, the Star Trek universe is a good place. Uh, the Aliens universe is a highly corporate one in which, uh, I mean, the main characters in all of the movies are considered very disposable by the corporations that are taking over them. And so I thought it would be kind of an interesting exercise at least to look at them because these are obviously two very influential science fiction franchises, uh, Maybe Star Trek more so than the other, but um, it's also fun to revisit, right? Um, well, I, I get the sense that, you're not into the series as much. I'm not, okay. and and so <laughs> here here's the thing. So I, I've obviously seen Alien and Aliens before. I've never seen Alien Three. Um, although somehow I saw Alien Resurrection in the theater. I have oh, God. We... In 1997. I, I don't know why I went Ugh. to see it. I guess because I was 16 living in the suburbs and there was nothing else to do. This was before, you know, we, we all had pocket supercomputers yeah. with the internet on them at all times. So, uh, and then I also saw Prometheus. I rented it um, and it was not good. Uh, and, and I also uh, have never seen um, either of the Alien versus Predator <laughs> movies. Apparently there are two of them, which is like, what? Um, and they take place in present day Earth. I'm like, what is going on here? There is a very um, meta thing in which one of the major plots in Alien is that this corporation wants to essentially 
license and franchise the aliens themselves as bioweapons, and that's a very bad thing, and what has Hollywood done has licensed and franchised the alien things as toys, and it kind of degrades and goes really silly from that, so, but... Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really noticed upon watching Alien and Aliens this time is that I I just, I don't, like, I think they're good movies, I think they're very well done, but they're really boring, you know, where you say boring, I would say tense, but it is true. In the first movie... <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different... No, uh, um, in the first movie, it is very true. Bec- well, Alien 3, I would say, is legitimately a boring movie. None of the tension is really there. It's just very stupid. Uh, but it is true. In the first movie in particular, very little happens. In the first, you know, m- it does follow a very typical horror movie setup, which is why I don't really like a lot of horror movies in which you have stuff builds and stuff builds and stuff builds and very, very slowly, and it's much more atmospheric. Uh, and then mm-hmm. when everything happens, the actual action part of it is, you know, barely half the movie. It's it's very quick and it's very... I mean, I think the actual alien in the film is seen in four minutes in the entire thing. When stuff actually happening is not the point of these movies aliens is a bit more actiony and i would uh it's less focused on the tension but even so the first half of the movie is all just about the setup these are very heavy movies yeah and i think what's interesting to me is that you know i i I like aliens more than alien and Mm -hmm. I, i think that um james cameron is i would not say he's a better director than ridley scott they're they're just very different directors with very yeah. different storytelling aims and, and very different styles and and so you can really see one of the interesting things i think about the alien series in general is that it, it has had a very strange series of directors and you know ridley scott directed the first one james cameron directed the second one david fincher directed the third one and jean-pierre Genet directed <laughs> alien resurrection which is just like what the yeah. fuck and and then of course then it went back to Ridley Scott and he I, th- I believe he directed both Prometheus and, and Alien Covenant which I have not seen and it's uh, but ge- apparently was not very good. It's generally I mean most of the pe- most of friends I've talked to generally are like Ridley Scott doesn't know what makes the Alien series and I think you know the reason I consider it a trilogy is because the first three are about the core journey of this character Ripley and her you know her involvement with these aliens and she dies at the end of the third movie and. You know, when you get into Alien Resurrection, where they have a clone of her running around, and Prometheus, where it's before she was even born, there it, the thread of the the thread of it is completely gone in my mind. I don't think Ridley well, Scott knows what made what made the first Alien movie a success. Yeah, maybe, but I I don't like. I, I guess my my reaction to that or my fundamental question is like, what is the Alien series about then? Because I don't. Yeah. I don't think it is about anything really. It's it's a horror movie in space and all of the world building I think is incidental. I, would I, agree. I don't know that the movie is trying to say anything about like a corporatocracy. Um I don't know. I just like I watched like I said, I watched the first two movies over a period of two days and uh you know, like full disclosure, I have not been feeling well for a couple weeks, so uh, my mental <gasps> powers to watch things are probably there's a little, an alien uh, growing right in you. Probably, yeah, there probably is. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but I just I don't. There's I'll compare. Okay, this is going to be a strange comparison. Sure. On this show, what I saw the the it remake. 
last week. And I liked it a lot, actually. And I think that one of the reasons why the It remake worked is that it was an attempt to imbue a movie and really stay truthful to the sort of emotional core of what it is to be like a child and what it is to experience childhood and how weird it is and how scary it is that that kind of imbues Mm. the novel and a lot of Stephen King's work, frankly. Um, He's a, he's someone who is very interested in that sort of thing uh, with a jump scare movie. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of horror movies. Well, I like jump scare movies. I don't necessarily like gory yeah. horror movies. I, I just, I don't have a good tolerance for that sort of thing. I mean, I'm not someone who's going to go see the Saw movies, for instance, ever. Yeah. Um, But it is the case that I really liked that movie because while it did have its jump scare moments and while it was pretty good as a jump scare movie, that's not enough to have a good movie that you can rewatch. It needs a core of like... A, a, you know character emotional beats you need to establish some sort of emotional core to the movie and yeah. part of why i don't like alien or aliens really or i shouldn't say i don't like them it's just that i don't i don't engage with them because there is no emotional core here you know i think the second one attempts to do it more with the story of newt and and the sort of maternal relationship yeah. that develops uh, you know between her and and and, and ridley but ridley is that her name ripley, ripley. um it's very confusing. Cause Ridley, Ridley is Scott the director. Ripley. Ripley is the character. Yes. Yeah. And also, how weird is it that his first name is Ridley? Anyway. Um, <laughs> but I just, I like, the, especially with the first one, the yeah. characters are so broadly drawn as to almost not exist. And I just, it's it, it just turns into a series of corridors where they're running down and being attacked by this alien and blah. You know, and it's like, I just, it, the lights are flickering. And it's just like... I'm not scared by it. It's not interesting. And I just don't, I fundamentally don't care what happens to any of these people because the movie didn't give me a reason to care about them. Yeah, it's true. Ripley in that movie doesn't really have an arc, right? She's, I mean, one of the, one of the flatnesses does come from these characters were written without gender in the original script, right? They were designed, they just have last names. They're interchangeable. And that in a way does while certainly this is 1979 and there is not gender parity in the casting, um, you know, we only have two women in the cast, um, they aren't really treated differently in any way, which, I mean, I think works in the movie's favor. The third movie where uh, Ripley is literally the only woman in the cast uh, does make gender more of an issue, and I think that's one of the reasons it's a weaker movie. But um, she doesn't really have an arc, right? She... Maybe is a little by the book at the beginning, and she figures out how to, you know, just through luck and grit and determination and all of that, she saves herself from the alien, the end. I mean, that is her entire arc through the movie. She doesn't grow as a person. She doesn't, you know, if she's rising to a challenge, it's not uh, that she's incapable in the beginning and grows in it. In the second one, where she does have a little more, where she does begin very traumatized by this and realizing this is the right thing and ultimately, you know, going through hell to save another person and uh, succeeding in that, it, there is a little more meat to it. And again, there is the, the movie does have a little bit about... Uh, I mean, it's it, the end of the movie is essentially two mothers fighting for their children and which one is going to win, but... Is that an interesting theme in and of itself? And I think you think it's not. And I 
am tending to disagree. I had honestly remembered the corporate stuff being a little more of the movie than it was. And maybe that is just because I needed something to hang on to, and I just remembered that. I mean, I think that that there's a lot to unpack there, and I, I think the first thing is that while I I kind of agree with you that that I, I don't think the the gender politics are are forefront in in either Alien or Aliens, and I really can't speak to Alien Three because I've never seen it, but it is the case that there are moments, especially I think in Aliens, that. Uh, are about that i mean i think to um mm. one of the marines for example you know where she someone says you know have you ever been mistaken for yeah. a, a woman and she's like no of you and it's like ah ha 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 women can be just as funny as men or whatever i don't know what that's supposed to be and you know i think the real they never really say it in the movie but the fact that ripley is uh, a woman plays into that i think a bit more i think in the first movie it's not really there you're right although i do think that um, playing into the, you know, she's the third in command. She orders uh, the guy, um, whatever his name is, the, the John Hurt in the first movie. Yeah. Um, who who disobeys her oh, order yeah. and, uh, you know, lets the guy on the ship. And that is what ultimately um, destroys everyone except for Ripley. And the cat um, is you, you could read that as, you know, an argument in, in sort of the ways in which men don't listen to women, the ways in which men don't believe women, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then I think the other second part of that, the corporate stuff, I think is also much more fleshed out in the second movie. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with how James Cameron thinks about making movies. I mean, this is the guy who made Avatar, right? And that is a movie that also features Sigourney Weaver uh, and also features sort of like an evil corporation. So uh, Terminator this, has, uh, especially in this Terminator Two, evil corporation and an action lady. I think you could even make that argument for a movie like Titanic, right? Yeah. Like you know, here was a company that that did not design the ship well and did not put enough lifeboats on it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is a through line in James Cameron's career, which is hilarious um, because of how, especially for a movie like Titanic and Avatar, how fucking expensive his movies are, how Hollywood he is. But yeah, yeah, and and you know, to be like, it's funny to me to look at like how much Aliens cost, for example, and it was like ten million dollars. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like you know, the movie budgets have exploded tremendously. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think that Aliens is a it's a more interesting movie than Alien because Alien essentially is just a series of jump scares. And once you see it once, I mean, unless you're really engaged with the like, I don't know, unless you're really a fan of Alien, I don't I don't see that there's a lot to get out of repeated viewings of it. It doesn't really seem to have. I mean, in a sense, the the plot of Alien is they land on this planet. The guy comes in. They're destroyed. And that's not enough to really have a two-hour movie about. But the problem is that the movie doesn't have any sort of emotional core to it, and it doesn't really do any character work. Yeah. So it's just very like, why am I watching this? It's just kind of there. It's a very detached film in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, there. you know, you can... Uh, there's the one dude who's always talking about, you know, his shares. And I mean, I, I don't think it's insignificant that the literal first line, first lines of dialogue are about, you know, are we getting paid for this? This is not in my contract. But, um, you know, there's the guy who doesn't want to get scared. There's Veronica Cartwright who's scared of everything. There's, uh, uh, Ian Holm, the evil robot. There's Tom Scared who gets killed. Like, I, the, this is a movie in which I could name you the actors a lot more than I could name the characters. 
Right, because they, they don't have like there are no characters. I mean, they're just they're they're salty miners, and yeah, okay, that's that's a choice, and that's fine. And I think that you could you could construct a movie about that. I mean, I think that like the thing that is well, the thing that's most interesting to me, I think about about the first movie is that the the characters only really ever come out, and they only ever really I think start to like click onto the movie like when they're eating because yeah. They're joking, and you can kind of see the individual personalities come out a little bit. But all the other parts of the movie are just, like I said, a series of jump scares. And I don't, I don't care what happens to any of these people. You know, it, it, I, I should care yeah. more when they die, and I don't. Um, I, you know, I just it doesn't really. Nothing about it speaks to me on any level really yeah and i would agree i i would also say in in aliens there again there is a little more character certainly for example the paul reiser character is a character and you know yeah. his his every you know he is a very he's a horrible character and it's a very well done horrible character um you know people like vasquez a lot you know has a very huge fandom on her because you know She's tiny and tough as hell, uh, you know things like that. But can I? I can't tell you the difference between Hudson and Hicks. I mean, Hudson right. dies, I think, and Hicks gets alive, but I don't remember which one he is. Things like that, and you know, you're right. The group scenes at the very beginning, uh, when they're all coming out of hypersleep and they're jo- they're joking and they have a rapport, you know, that's when they feel like people. Well, I, yeah, I definitely, and I, I do think that the, I do think the Marines and aliens feel more like people than the the miners and alien, um, and and you know, of course, I think that James Cameron is is he's a pretty good writer. I think the Terminator Two is probably one of the best movies of the nineties. Yeah, but at the same time, he does have some weird ticks and he does have some weird writing quirks. I mean, I don't necessarily think that any of those. Those marine scenes really come across as a man who saw Full Metal Jacket one too many times. <laughs> and, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, he doesn't, it's all very cliche. You know, it's like, oh, dude, you guys, good. you know, and it's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from this. I mean, they're all just kind of asshole marines and it's fine. But at the end of the day, they're not really doing anything else with it. And, and I mean, the one scene that I think is interesting is when Ripley... Uh, you know, they're joking around and she says, are you done? You know, like, are you finished? Yeah. Right. And, and, but it doesn't go anywhere. She, they, they, they bring her there to, I guess, her experience with the creature, but they don't ever actually listen to her. So I don't know why she's even there either. My, I uh, mean, my, my understanding was it's some machinations by the company to get her killed on the mission kind of a thing. But why not just, you know, arrange a power loader accident when she's working on the docks? They are fine. Right. I, yeah, that, that's weird. To, like, why would they want to kill her anyway? Like, what purpose would that Because serve? she guess, knows because what she the would... company has done. Again, if, if the, it, 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 well, let me put it this way. You just saw the two movies. Do you know the name of the company based on that? Because I don't think it was ever really mentioned. I think it's just kind of on a background um, detail. Was it Amazon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> company is called Wayland yutani I don't know when that appeared in the universe. Um, I think maybe it's mentioned or at least it appears, again, on a label somewhere in the first movie. But it is fairly incidental. It is just a faceless cyberpunk kind of... I mean, maybe this is a case where this was 1979, and if we were watching it then, it would have been very groundbreaking in the way, but... Um, 
you know, now when we've seen these kind of themes done much better, it feels kind of lacking. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the things I think is hilarious is, you know, when Ash is attacking Ripley and, you know, his head comes off and milk starts spurting out and they go, oh, he was an android the entire time. I mean, this is literally the first mention of androids in the entire movie. Nobody knows they exist. And so it's not really a surprise, right? I mean, it might as well have said, well, he was a leprechaun the entire time. <gasps> Ripley was a ghost. I mean, it could really be right. anything in this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I don't want to. Yeah, but that's one of the problems I have, I think, also with the movies is that I don't really get a good sense of. I don't know. One of the one of the problems I have with science fiction or lazy science fiction is that it sort of just extrapolates out what humanity is mm. like now or what our society is like now and just puts it 200 years in the future. And that wouldn't be and like, you know, and here's some guy with a weird lapel. Like, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I I think that, you know, you look at the time period of Alien and you look at the time period of Aliens, Aliens takes place like almost 60 years after the, the events yeah. of Alien, but but I could not really tell you what the difference is. I mean, Ripley doesn't seem to have any real problem uh, getting a job and just going back to a normal life, which seems odd to me because, you know, I think if uh, someone from yeah. 1945 suddenly appeared in the year 2017... While they would be able to adjust eventually, I think it would be a little more difficult than that. And I mean, it's I vaguely it, implied that you know she's working on a docks. I mean, I you you know yes, you would need to be trained on certain equipment, but if you appeared from 1945 to now, you could probably work a warehouse gig lifting stuff. I mean, it's implied to be a very low level job that doesn't require specialized knowledge but, uh, but you're right this is me i don't know if i agree with that i mean all that stuff is automated now and i mean someone yeah. someone being a dock worker in 1945 Fair. and someone being a dock worker in 2017 like um no you know, you're container right cargo ships like what I, you know it's just it's not gonna okay. you're not gonna be able to just walk into that job oh, but i think like even small details like the fact that people are smoking in the yeah. first alien movie <laughs> and they're still smoking like that 60 years later um yes of course that was because people did smoke like that in the 70s and yeah but you know but it's just a lack of attention to like what would the future actually be like and okay that's not the point of the movie the point of the movie is not world building i get that but what are you doing then like i i don't if you're just making a jump scare movie then just make a jump scare movie don't put in all this weird corporate stuff because you're not doing anything with it and i and i guess i'm coming down a lot harder on these movies than maybe i mean they're well, well they're well made but fundamentally at their core i don't feel like they have a reason to exist uh, you know I, I i mean i will agree with you as far because again i said i don't really like watching horror movies i don't like you know sci-fi monster movies generally i'm not gonna watch uh I don't know. Jeepers Creepers. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, that's literally the first one I could think of. But, you know, I will watch these movies again. I do enjoy, I have a good time with them. Alien 3, not so much. And, you know, talk, you would really hate Alien 3 because it's everything you're saying, but much worse. It's, it's a very early David Fincher who doesn't really have as much control, both in terms of his own skills and in terms of, you know, going against the Hollywood machine. It's 45 different scripts. Um, it's sets that were used for earlier builds. It, it's a goddamn mess in a lot of ways. And uh, it really is about nothing. There really are very, you know, no characters. It's just a bunch of, you know, practically identi identical uh, cannon fodder for most of the movie. Um, 
and it does seem like a good but 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 the thing is these movies do have this reputation of being this ex, you know one of the some of the finest sci-fi films ever made and maybe they're just really really good horror movies but in a horror movie you don't really Again, horror movies tend to go for more the atmospherics and and the scares and the tension and all of that. And maybe they're very good at that, but science fiction movies generally are about the world building. I think it's very common for I mean, science fiction movies are almost always about the present, right? You don't re, you know, yeah. you you extrapolating what humans are like now and putting that into a future setting is you know, one of the strengths of the genre does allow you to explore certain concepts very uh, in very outsized ways, which gives you interesting information about the present. But I guess – so I guess that's my question. But do these movies tell us anything about the present? Uh, and other than the vague uh, corporations view workers and soldiers and in the third movie prisoners as expendable labor uh, – I mean, that's – it's not the worst message for a Hollywood movie to put out there, but it's also kind of an obvious one. Yeah, and I, I certainly think that looking – because you have to think, too, about when these movies came out, right? Like Alien was released in 1979, right before Reagan became president, mm-hmm. and you know, really the, the ascendancy of, of the right. And then Aliens came out in 1986, you know, well into the height of it. Uh, Reagan's second term. So – there's a gap there. There's a huge gap. They're, they're mov- they're, the movies are made by different people, and so they're going to have different interests. And yeah, I think you definitely can see James Cameron trying to make some kind of point about uh, the the evolution of politics or the American economy in, in the 80s. But I don't, I mean, charitably speaking, I don't know that he's like a great political thinker. Mm. I, I don't really see any evidence for that in his movies. Um, And so I don't think it's the strength of the movie. I also don't think it's the strength of the Alien franchise. And fundamentally, while I'm all on board with movies saying that corporations are evil and we should all, you know, have a workers uprising uh, as often as possible, I don't see a lot of evidence for that in either of the movies. And there's a, I don't know, there's a weird strain of, sort of unthought conservatism to these movies as well because i don't know i just i I have to look at it in terms of something like the original star trek right and you know america didn't exist anymore no one was smoking on the bridge of the uss enterprise (laughs) like but this movie does all that stuff and you know what are we supposed to take away from that i think that i don't know i i I generally think that the alien the first couple alien movies at least um, you know, have this reputation for, and, and Blade Runner is a part of that too, of course, that, that Ridley Scott directed a few years after he directed Alien. And I like Blade Runner a lot more for, for various reasons. And maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that as a patron special at some point. But I, I generally think that, that the, especially the first Alien is, is much more influential for that sort of dirty future yeah. than, than any sort of storytelling qualities. Because, it is the case that science fiction of the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s was very clean, was very sanitized. And, and this was a, you know, Alien was a movie where the ship looked broken down, the ship looked dirty. You know, people were wearing clothes that actually looked like clothes. 
and this is something that Star Wars did as yeah. well, of course. I was but, about to ask. I don't know what the timeline is. I mean, two years. Would Star Wars have had an effect on the look of this movie? or uh... Probably. I mean, I don't know to what degree the movie was in pre-production yeah. when Star Wars came out. I don't know exactly um, you know, what, what the timing of it is. But, but I would assume at least it had some influence on it. But at the same time, you could really argue that these are ideas that were sort of percolating. Yeah, they were influenced by the same sources, basically. And, you know, obviously, we're, you know, as as dirty as Star Wars is, it doesn't hold a candle to Alien. But, I mean, I know we said the first Star Wars is about something, even if it's a very simple hero's journey kind of story. That's at least something to hook everything onto, right? I mean... Luke's journey may be from a simple farm kid to somebody who ultimately is a rebellion leader. And, you know, Leia goes from a prisoner to a general over the court. You know, these are simple things, but they are arcs, right? Han Solo, oh, I'm a gruffy space pirate, but at the end I'm going to do the right thing. This is a growth. This is something to... And, I mean, frankly, I think there is a reason that everybody has seen Star Wars and not Alien, and it's not just the rating. That that is certainly true, and I, I also think that you know that makes me realize that you know Ridley Scott, especially in the first one, you know maybe he was trying to say something about the interchangeability of of these people. Yeah. I don't know, uh, but if he was, I, I don't I don't know that that makes for a good movie. Yeah, I guess so. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like we should talk about Sigourney Weaver a little bit, of course, yeah. because this this was really her first break. I mean, she went on to have a wonderful career, of course, and. You like you said, the first Alien script was written uh, to to not have any gender in mind for any of these characters, and so it was it was interesting to cast Sigourney Weaver as this character. Yeah, and that's kind and of also, part of where they get the surprise from. I mean, Tom Skerritt right. was the biggest, you know, most famous actor in, in in the movie at the time, and he's one of you know, and John Hurt, of course, and they are the first two to get killed. Sigourney Weaver, this complete unknown, is you know, this is Janet Lee and Psycho kind of casting gimmicks. Right. And then of course by the time of Alien, Sigourney Weaver is is a pretty famous actress. I mean she was in Ghostbusters in nineteen eighty four. Um she was in some other things. So it, it is the case I mean I, I I honestly think that that her she's a She's a, a a better written character, mm. I think, in Aliens because, of course, James Cameron knew that Ridley, Ripley was a woman yeah. when they didn't know that when they <laughs> wrote the script for Alien. And so I think that I don't know that you can really make any sort of coherent comparisons between the two characters. They They almost feel like different people. Um, which I think is probably just a side effect of the fact that James Cameron knew that he was writing for Sigourney Weaver and, and you know, the, the script writer of, of Alien did, did yeah, not yeah, know yeah. that. So, well, the I mean, this character has been kind of the albatross around her neck in a lot of ways as much as she you – know, it, it has not been a well that she has apparently enjoyed getting to for – for example, for Alien, she didn't really want to do the movie, and it was Cameron who insisted, no, you know, Ripley is the, you know, she wanted, she said, all right, write a script without me in it, but he was the one who said, no, this is about this character, this is about her journey and who she is, and, you know, for the third one, she really didn't want to, and apparently the, um, what enticed her for that movie was that she would be able to do it with a shaved head. You know, let it not be said that Sigourney Weaver does not have her whims <laughs> for what right. movie she does. Um, 
for the fourth movie, there's a quote where she said, yeah, well, I didn't want to do it. And then they drove a truckload of money to my house. So, I, you know, I figured, why not? I mean, it was, you know, by the fourth time she's reprising this role, she's just doing, all right, gigantic paycheck and to demand what I can, but I don't really want to do it. And so are, you, are, so are you saying that she's the William Shatner of the Alien franchise? You know, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I certainly don't remember a lot about Alien Resurrection, but I, I don't necessarily think that her performance was one of the shining strengths of that movie. No. Um, I think she demanded that she be able to be allowed to have sex with an alien as part of the movie, and that would the, be the reason she did it. Are you joking? No, I've read that. Again, Scorny Weaver has her whims, and it was one of those, they'll never let me do this, and okay, we'll do this. Oh, god damn it, you know? Uh, yeah, well, I, and I guess the other thing, too, is, like, if you showed this to a, like, a, I don't know, like a kid, I mean, not don't show it to a kid, because it's really violent, but, um... Like if you showed it to like a like a twelve year old, I think a twelve year old can watch this movie. Yeah. I think it's fine. Um, like, do you think that they would be interested in it? I, I mean, maybe that's no. not a good right. I, I mean, mean maybe I that's could not see a good thing, but or maybe that's not a good like sort of way to get into the movie. But I I, I just look at this and I say I don't know that there's anything here that anybody who or even like a twenty year old like I don't know. Like someone could watch like if you grew up and you somehow never saw Star Wars when you were a kid. I mean, it happens. I grew up in the 80s and I had, had never seen The Princess Bride until I was like 28 or 29 years old. And then and it was too late. Surprise, surprise. It was fine. <laughs> Sorry. But I, yeah, I was just too old for it. I did not have that experience with it. And I think that, that maybe this movie is one of those movies that you just need to have uh, an experience of childhood with to really appreciate because – Otherwise, as you, when you watch it as an adult with adult eyes, you're kind of like, it's fine. I can see why it was successful. It was very different from a lot of science fiction movies that were made, especially the first one. But at the end of the day, is this doing anything that interesting? No. I mean, I think it's funny. I remember how this and Terminator both, tons of toys when I was a kid. Uh, you know, maybe Terminator 2 is a little more... You know, has a little more of a message. It is about attempting to transcend violence in that ways. But uh, and apparently, and the you know the third movie, a big point is made about the fact that they have no weapons. They're on a prison planet, and that was apparently because Sigourney Weaver had become pretty active in uh, you know anti-gun violence politics, and you know she insisted, "I don't want this to be a shoot 'em up movie like the last one is." Um, right. You know, which is not to say that they come up with any more clever ways of fighting the alien due to the lack of guns, but, um, <laughs> you know. Which, which is also interesting that she says that because, I mean, the climactic battle at the end of Aliens features no guns, right? I mean, yeah. It's just her in that suit and she crushes the alien to death. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's an interesting – I don't know. I, I do feel like the – you know, James Cameron, again, does have his predilections as a filmmaker, and certainly one of them is, is, is you know, violent action sequences with guns, because that is a feature of, of Terminator, yeah. it's a feature of Avatar, you know, like that, he does that kind of stuff. So I, I can certainly see that, and I think that, you know, Sigourney Weaver not wanting to have, you know, guns in Alien 3, I think was, I mean, like I said, I've never seen it, but but I can see that being an interesting choice only because it forces them to make a different movie than, than Aliens. Yeah, but the problem with Alien 3 is in a lot of ways it's Alien on a prison and with even less interesting characters and less of a point. I mean, the tension is not good. One of the 
side effects of the fact that the sets were all, you know, messed up. I mean, the first two movies on a production design level look fantastic. They're really creepy. The, you know, the design of the monsters is great, all of that. The third one is just very... Eh, it's concrete and pipes. There is no real... Right, ma- right. I mean, the the... The very first few minutes of Alien is just these long shots of the Nostromo. It's, you know, one of those cliches, oh, it's its own character. But a lot of detail is really given to the setting. A lot of things are paid attention. Even, for example, when the Harry Dean Stanton character dies, he's in this, you know, cooling room with this rain going down. And it may make no sense, but it looks really cool. Uh, there really aren't very many, any sequences in the third movie that do that. Hmm. And, again, another reason that it's kind of a lesser movie because it doesn't look like anything. Right, yeah. Well, I, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. Maybe I've never seen it. Maybe I'll watch it. I, I don't Maybe it, I'd really like it. I don't know. I don't, maybe maybe that would be the one that I love. <laughs> I mean, it's anything is possible. All right, well. R.I.P. Harry Dean Stanton, by the way. Yeah, he lived a very long time. Did a lot of stuff. I, I, I think he did 199 movies. And live to be uh, 91. Wait, I know! So close! So close. <laughs> Why? Why did he do that? But He should have known and done one more movie. Anyway, I don't think he really cared. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I saw... It was funny. I saw on Twitter uh, a very uh, funny thing. He was apparently interviewed on this, like... I forget what the name of the podcast is, but some bizarre question about, like, he played the father in 16 Candles or something, or Pretty in Pink. I don't remember which <laughs> one it was. And... um basically they asked him like she got with this guy and do you think he should have went with this guy instead and his answer was i don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah that is a professional actor ladies and gentlemen no his um his very last thing he did i think was the new twin peaks and he does have a couple of really beautiful scenes it's a very hmm. and i mean so many people surrounding that project you know passed away shortly after or you know while it was filming and it is very much a last project in a way but I'll have to watch that at some point. You will. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, so thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for your, your donations. They are very appreciated. And it lets us uh, take a little bit of the financial strain out of doing this podcast, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I can do other things like buy my dog food. So that's great. Um, next month, we are going to be talking about the Orville uh, we don't know if it's still on the air yet, although I assume it is. We're recording this in, in the middle of September. Um, so it, the second episode is, is scheduled to air tonight, which I will watch. Um, I don't want to, but I will. And uh, we'll see how that is when we get to November. And then December, of course, like we said before, is the special question, uh, patron special. Um, and we will be asking for your questions very soon. But if you do have questions already that you want to know the answers to, you can email them to us at trackaboutshow at gmail.com or leave them in the comments for this patron special or tweet them at us or, I don't know, call us on the phone, even though you don't know our numbers and you never will. All right. Would you like to thank them, Richard? Thanks. Great. Well, we'll see you next month for another patron special and continue to follow our coverage of Star Trek Discovery.